welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solace, and with me, as always, is my very, very, very talented friend, my very own Arctic Turn, the mixtress DC Gina. I don't even know what that thing is, <laughs> but do I get to sit on an iceberg? I am sweating. It, well, you know, okay, so I'll let you know. An Arctic Turn, you ask, so my notes say. Um, well, it's an elegant white seabird. Oh. And not to be confused with the common white seagull, which no one likes that. Um, the North Arctic Tern, why do I bring it up? Because it flies over 24,000 miles a year. Wow. Yeah. And that's about the equal distance just around the Earth. That's and amazing. the other thing is, is that it will live about 25 years. And in that time, it will fly nearly three times the distance from the Earth to the moon. How big is this bird? It's not very big. It's kind of small. It's really pretty, though. It's like a little it's small efficient. little bird. It's very it's efficient. efficient. Well, I think it's just got some some cojones and some determination. Yeah. It's a bird of determination. Yeah. That's a long way. It is a long way. Yeah. So it kind of reminds you of you, but also reminds me of today's designated drinker. Let's do it. I'm and there's a stretch, but here's why. Because today's designated drinker is found at the crossroads of talent and determination. Um, his, and this, these are his words. Uh, the district is his home. The art is his world, and the hus- and hustle is his method. I think a little bird probably has a lot of hustle. Yeah. Anyway, so please welcome co-founder of No Kings Collective, Peter Chang. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be here right now. <laughs> wow! Compared to a little tiny little white bird that flies yeah. around the world. <laughs> it's funny when you uh, when you mentioned the Arctic Turn. I was like, oh yeah, I was watching. Uh, I was watching uh, Animal Planet the other day, and they were talking about Arctic terns, really? and I was like, I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> well, I'm, like, I'm ready for something horrifying to happen now. I'm like, what? We're just going to fly in and hang out with you. But it does It does start in, like, Arctic, so <laughs> channel your inner turn, Arctic turn. I mean, all right. I mean, I'm into this. I'm into this. So, um, will you please tell, tell us, Peter, um, Tell our listeners, what is No Kings Collective? What's your unique space? It's really, really cool. Okay, so if I really had to distill what we are, No Kings Collective is just two artists. My business partner, Brandon Hill, and myself. Uh, we're primarily primarily muralists and designers. So, you know, in the past couple of years, we've kind of pivoted. We've done a lot more murals, but we still do, you know, a lot of different projects, you know, restaurants, hotel lobbies, office buildings, you know, we work with a ton of nonprofits, schools, etc. So, you know, whatever can be painted, we'll paint it. So it's mostly uh, wall art or vertical art? Yeah, mostly. Um, you know, over the years, we've also done a ton of different projects and collaborations with brands and, and different creative groups. Uh, so we do a lot of installation work as well. Cool. That's really cool. What what got you there? What started this? What was this crazy cocky mini idea that you're like, you know what? We're going to go for it. You know, uh, I used to work for an art gallery <clears throat> and this art gallery is kind of positioned outside of the city so in this new area where no one really knew where it was and I remember the guy who owned the place asked me hey Pete you know well you're the marketing director here now how do we get people over here and I said you know uh, we're not gonna get people over here we're gonna go to them so I started reaching out to different junior brokers you know real estate guys in the city uh, I mean, we were even doing pop-ups in the Adidas store in Georgetown. So we would reach out and say, hey, we'd love to do a show opening. We'd go hang some work. And, you know, of course, very, very early days, rudimentary, just hang a couple pieces, get some people out. 
Um, and then it turned out that the the guy that I was working for was a real sleazy scumbag, you know, gallery owner. So I left and then, um, you know, yeah, it's sad. It sucks. And you know, a lot of them are, a lot of them aren't. It was a lesson though. It was a lesson. Yeah. It was a lesson. Maybe propelled you into a space. Yeah. And assholes are good too. Yeah. If appropriately leveraged. I mean, I I don't know. I guess they're part of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone needs one. So, (laughs) you know, this was 2009. Uh, My business partner, Brian, and I met each other in college, 2005. Where'd you go? Uh, University of Maryland (gasps) for a hot sec. And then I I dropped out. And, you know, him and I just had worked on a couple art projects together over the years. And... You know, after I left this gallery gig in 2009, I said, hey, Brandon, you know, what does it really take to throw an art show? You know, what is a gallery if you really break it down? It's white walls, it's lighting, it's good lighting, you know, it's wine and cheese, and it's great artwork, right? So in the District of Columbia at the time, the, you know, the development boom was happening everywhere. There was retail space everywhere. So I had a ton of friends, again, like networks that I had built before, you know, putting those shows together before and I said you know what Brandon I think we can do this on our own so we started reaching out to different developers real estate guys etc you name it uh, any of these guys that could help us out and we just rallied all our friends together and you know we called it No Kings Collective because it was truly a collective of all these different artists coming together we weren't a business we weren't an LLC we're just two knuckleheads (laughs) who wanted to do who wanted to sell art and it was just our art and not necessarily you know, a, a combined effort of design that you see today. Um, we failed at it miserably. <laughs> you know, 2009 to 2011 was struggle. We didn't know really how to monetize it. And I would say really starting in 2012, 2013 is when, you know, we kind of got our act together, um, got LLC'd, you know, so the actual brand No Kings Collective is 10 years old. You know, Brandon and I have been working together 15 years, and it, as an actual business, is really only six years old, right? So in 2013, we got our act together, and, you know, it's just been, I've been very blessed and fortunate, and, you know, it's kind of been propelling ever since, so. Yeah. Kind of, honestly, it's, it's, first of all, it's amazing. I, I think, could, I mean, could it, first of all, I I didn't know how to start. Let me, let me back up. I think... What you do is so amazing. I've had the opportunity to um, be. I mean, we're here today. We're at Union Market. Yes. And we're at Suburban. We're suburbs. drinking. Yep. And and um, you get to, you know, Union Market, you see a lot of things happen. But to watch you guys, like, just take alleys and make it look like a swimming pool and then hang a giant chandelier, like, is just mind-boggling how you even come up with that. I mean, Thank you. I thought the whole thing in the swimming pool was fantastic, but the chandelier was over the top. This gl- glorious chandelier. And everyone that's listening to this, um, we will definitely give you the link to um, all of Peter's work and and some stories. Maybe you could share like, like some of the, you know, I'm sure everything's on your website, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, website hasn't really been updated. We just kind of primarily run off of Instagram. Nowadays, everything. Instagram. Yeah, Instagram What's is your where Instagram it's handle? So our Instagram handle is at NoKingsDC. Okay. Yeah. But you have to go and look at this because it's it's in, you create space to inspire. Yeah. I mean, we really we really put uh, you know the community 
and kind of like how our art is going to affect people when we do things. You know, and it's just, you can just put up anything, but we really think about how people are going to interact with the space. Is this going to be a safe space? Are the people who we're working with legit? You know, yeah. are they good people? Uh, there's a lot of factors. You know, a lot of people have reached out to us over the years, a lot of restaurateurs, a lot of different brands, et cetera, and we've declined a lot of, a lot of gigs because they just don't align with our values. Um, I still want you to awesome. do uh, suburban. Oh, yeah. That we get, yeah. <laughs> Wait, do I not align? I feel like I No, aligned. of course, of course. You're no. feeding them alcohol, yeah. of course. Now it's just the so time tell to me, where, where was the swimming pool? What was that? Oh, so uh, in 2017, yeah. this uh, organization in Washington, D.C. called Whitman Walker yeah. reached out to us. And, you know, they were uh, a development company, Five Square Development, had bought the building. And allowed them to expand and offer more services, and you know, so it was a win-win, right? Yeah. The developer got to develop. Um, Living Walker is amazing. You know, they're amazing. They're, you know, they wanted kind of, you know, an awareness campaign that they were moving and kind of who they were because it was a block in the city that was wedged between two very busy uh, restaurant bar districts. Uh, it's all on the same street, but that one block was just very. No one knew what it was. And that building was. No one knew anything about the organization and I'm sure a lot of people in DC know but you know there's some new people that have moved on the block and how the that neighborhood's been changing rapidly a lot of people really didn't go to Whitman Walker for the services um, there that should have or you know but they're a health clinic and you know we did some more research because at first they wanted us to do like a 10 by 20 mural on the wall and you know when we found out that they were one of the first actually the first clinic in the entire United States to really be at the forefront of, you know, the HIV movement, wow. offering, yeah. you know, aid to to underserved communities and families. Just, you know, just so many services that they had. I was, you know, I was amazed at everything they had accomplished. So Brandon and I said, you know what, like, we're not going to take your money because I also know that, you know, that money goes towards X amount of this or X amount of that. Uh, you know, services like, so. You know, really, we said, you know what, let's let's do this project over the top. So instead of painting a 10 by 20 space, we painted the entire building. That's awesome. The park, two parking lots that they had. Uh, I can't even, I can't even remember what the whole project. I mean, it was like 30,000 plus square feet of paint. How much paint does that take? Ah, uh, I mean, it, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Well, I want to, like, seriously, I want to put, like, I want to, like, guess. Yes, how many probably, I mean, it was, you know, those huge five-gallon yeah, drums. Yes. I mean, we probably like maybe 150 of those, 200. I mean, I can't, I can't even remember. Do you get like a delivery for that? Like when you do something that big, do you have a delivery of paint? Oh, or yeah. Like, do you have to pick it up? No, so, uh, you know. None I've of, never ordered that much paint. I want to know. Yeah, so none of the construction stores are able to stock that quantity. Uh, so we just had to order manufacturer direct and they just sent an 18 wheeler and then they just dropped off all the paint for us. Oh, my God. It was crazy. crazy. Yeah, it was so much paint. So was that the turn? the first time you used that much paint um on one job that was probably the second largest project that we've done to date wow and you know they tore the building down oh. and they're redeveloping it and we knew that and yeah. after you know a half a year or a year they were going to tear it down um and then you know crystal city is probably our biggest you know we did all these murals Which because Am the yeah because amazon is coming in and they wanted to do all this stuff, so that was a ton of national a, landing. Yeah, national landing. Yeah, <laughs> so it was, a, it was a, that was a ton of paint. Um, yeah, I mean those two projects are probably but that was paid, right? Yeah, yeah, that was. Well, paid. now I love Amazon Prime better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. they're great. No, they're great. They're great. 
you know, the developer down there was great to work with. Um, you know, it's nice to work with people who give us a little bit more flexibility in our creativity. Yeah. Um, so did you know a lot longer than everyone else knew that they were coming? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. He's like a lawyer and an artist. He's not going to tell you his secrets or anybody else's. So you said that the use of the space um, really speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Is that what you find your underlining inspiration comes from? Uh, you know, I'm, I think it differs from every project. Um, we always want to keep in mind the community that we're going into, um, the people that are going to be engaging with the space. Yeah. And I think that's really important how we create based on those surroundings because it's important. And a lot of artists don't think about that. You know, yeah. a lot of really famous artists come in and they just do whatever they want, not knowing how it affects the neighborhood. And it does. Yeah. You know, and it does. Um, We've seen that here. We have seen that here at Union Market with like famous artists have come in, done installations, and then were negatively received by the neighborhood and, and taken down. Yeah. Which is kind of um, crazy to think. You know, when you think you're doing good and the surrounding people are like, this is this is not for us. Yeah. yeah. Being sensitive to that, I mean, I mean, I feel like that's... Inclusive? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Inclusive. 100%. I've seen a lot um, more, and maybe you could speak to this, or I've just noticed recently in a lot of my travels is there's a lot of mural work going on throughout mm-hmm. the United States. Yes. There seems to be a world, lot. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The world, in Tokyo especially, mm-hmm. yeah. But do you, do, you, do you find that in- inspiring? Yeah. Are you doing that gig too? Where are you painting? Uh, I mean, we... We've done a lot of work in the U.S. Uh, it would be nice to go international. Uh, so any of you guys listening right now, you know, if you guys got a wall or you guys, you know, you know Australia or Japan. Europe or wherever, Japan, you know, we're always down to come out and paint. Um, I think it's amazing because when you see different countries and, you know, different cultures and how they put up murals and the inspiration from their culture that they draw, uh, it's amazing to see just the variety and the just how diverse art, uh, diverse art could be, yeah. you know, worldwide. There's a. Um, I lived in Hawaii for a long time, and I was just there um, last year. There's a whole area. It was really kind of. We call it. It's Kaka'ako, but it was smelly. It was. It was an old part that's kind of like between Honolulu and Waikiki. Mm-hmm. Smelly part of it. It was. It was really smelly because the infrastructure there was really bad. The roads were always crap, but it was like this old industrial area. And now it's called the Art District. Mm-hmm. You have. They have muralists that come around from all around the world. So powwow. That's yeah. powwow. Yep. So yeah. powwow is actually. Um, Did you paint there? No. Well, no. We haven't painted there, but we've painted in powwow here in D.C. Oh, cool. The artwork was beautiful. That in Hawaii, it, and it, you. To your point, they're artists from all around the world, so yeah. that each one is so unique yeah. and so different and very not Hawaii. Yeah, so it's an international arts festival. So powwow actually happens in different cities all throughout the uh, throughout the world. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's like a powwow Tokyo, there's a powwow Seoul, there's a powwow, you know, Lisbon. There's a oh, maybe I don't know if there's a Lisbon. You know, there's you need a powwow. To get there. Yeah, yeah, we've <laughs> done we've done DC twice. Uh, we've been very fortunate to be a part of it. It was awesome. Are those permanent installations then? Uh, I think it depends on the city. Some of them are, some of them aren't. I know the ones here in D.C., they rotate the murals out. Some of them stay forever, some of them don't. I guess it just depends on the landscape and how it changes. Nothing stays the same forever. No, no, it doesn't. I feel like it it definitely does not. That's very good. Most of the time, that's very good thing. Let's cheers that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, well, we have... um, 
So a, a little um, Arctic turn told me that, <laughs> that, that Peter enjoys a bourbon from now and now and again. So we actually made an old-fashioned drink, but we couldn't do, we couldn't just give a traditional old-fashioned, like, oh, I'm sure the classics never die, right? We actually wound up doing um, a blueberry, so this blueberry sage um, old-fashioned, and so I'm a little bit of um, uh, Jim Beam Repeal Day. Uh, it, yeah, it's a it's smells a whiskey. Ama- smells amazing. I know you guys can't you guys can't smell this. Smell up you know, you can, but you can hear it. It's, <laughs> it smells amazing. So cheers. it's a cheers, 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 cheers to all your successes, please. Um, you, so it's two ounces. Oh my god. So it's two ounces of the repeal so day uh, whiskey from Jim Beam, and it's an 84 proof um, whiskey. So so it's just like a little hot, not very hot, and. Um, if we only do like, yeah, we only do like a quarter ounce of the blueberry because you don't really want to take it away from it because you have to remember whiskey sweet. And then about four dashes of mango store, and then we put one dash of an orange citrate in there, and it's really just like kind of sets it off, and then just a twist. And you know, I know you guys don't realize it, but it's a little warm out today, so it. it's actually refreshing. Now. So you want to like, you know, much like you paint for your environment, I create cocktails based on where we're at, and yeah. I feel like that's. You need something a little sippy too. Oh yeah, it's really good. It's nice. Yeah, it's really one good. more, one more cheers. One more cheers. Yeah. I like. All right. The, um, it, 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 you say heat, but it's nice and smooth. It's yeah. really like it's sweet, but the finish is nice. Yeah. Right. Balances well. Thank you. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Why catering business? Oh. <laughs> my favorite. This is my what? favorite secret fact what? about you. What? So I'm also partners in a catering company. Yeah. Uh, and tell them the name is the yeah. best name. So the name of the catering company is Please Bring Chips. <laughs> and you can see that at, it's also the same on Instagram, at Please Bring Chips. And, um, hi, Chad. Yeah, hi, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Chad's my, you know, one of my best friends from high school. Uh, it's incredible the story of how this all happened. Yes, right? right. So when we were doing these art pop-ups, you know, these big group shows, what happened was we noticed that a huge revenue generator was the bar, yeah. obviously, right? Uh, art sales were undetermined always, you know? And after a certain amount of time, uh, you know, because we didn't have money to hire a catering company, we just kind of did everything in-house. And Chad, being my friend from high school, uh, let's backtrack real quick. So, mm-hmm. you know, what happened was, so, Chad used to work for the top anti-terrorist think tank in the entire United States, right? Okay. He got burnt out, hated his job, uh, quit and said, guys, I want to do something that helps people. I'm going to go to nursing school. So all while all that was happening, this was around 2000, I want to say 2000, man, 2000, this is what, 2010? 2010 maybe, yeah. 2011? Um, he was kind of part-time bartending i'm using you know the quote unquote with my yeah. fingers because he's, he's cracking yeah he's yeah. cracking beers and you know not really making any cocktails you know he's you know he never really ever bartended at a restaurant before <laughs> he was just kind of serving drinks at our events and then he gets into his car accident and then he says you know i have to commute to the university of maryland so i want to move into the city because he was living in howard county at the time and said i want to live in dc and i'll just commute to the school and I essentially ruined his life by taking him out drinking all the time and <laughs> showing him a good time. He left school and then, you know, he's been a GM of a restaurant. He's done, you know, he's really gotten into the cocktail game. I mean, he's an amazing mixologist now. Uh, and then 
several years ago, uh, well, many years ago, while he was running our bar program, you know, at, at our events, clients would come to us and say, hey, who, what catering company are you guys see, now hiring? you can see how we're elevating. First, it was yeah. just cracking beers. Now he's running the bar program. Yeah, now he's yeah, running really? a bar program. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, clients or just other entities at our events would come and ask, like, hey, you guys got, like, a pretty, like, good Button team. Up, yeah, yeah, you got a, you know, solid team. So, like, who, who's the catering company you guys are hiring? So we were like, you know, we just do this all in-house. This isn't really, uh, you know, a service that we offer. But then clients were just like, well, I'll just pay you yeah. to do it for me. And we were like, you know what, it's a little extra money on the side. So we started doing it. And then eventually I needed to get that liquor liability insurance. Yeah. And I wanted to tack it on. And then our insurance adjuster said, hold on, wait a minute. You guys do murals and then you're telling me you guys want to serve booze also? So my insurance adjuster asked, so you're, ask, you're telling me that if someone, one of your guys drinks a six pack on a, uh, an aerial boom 80 feet in the air and falls off because they're wasted, I have to cover that? And I said, uh, I mean, theoretically. Yeah. And she said, no, just start another company. And yeah. we just branched off and, you know, I think Please Bring Chips is not, uh, you know, we call it a catering company because that's kind of the business license it falls under, but it's really more of, you know, bar operations and logistics company. Uh, we team up with a lot of food vendors in the like city us. yeah like you guys and you know people who can serve food and we do you know cocktail programs etc gina does amazing stuff we work with her before um do food with you now too you yeah. don't know that so now you know and then and then <laughs> He's a little removed I've, yeah i've been i've been yeah i've been i've been away from it but you know like it's it's a paint fume just a paint yeah it's fume. a paint fume. we work we work very nicely together on the other side yeah so. it's it's crazy to see what it's grown to you know we 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 staff for festivals we do bar trainings you know we just you know we do it all um like Gina said, I've been removed from it just because I've been mostly on a ladder this, you know, past couple of weeks, so past cool. couple of months, you know, <laughs> but, you know, it's, I'm fortunate to, to have that yeah. arm. But it's so. the way that you guys did it is so, you know, I always say the best ideas are born out of necessity, you know, necessity, right? You have yeah. to like, you just do what you got to do to get there. Absolutely. And I find that so fascinating about like your entire, the entire your entire career, your entire personality of everything that you guys have done. And like, I love that because like, the, like so humble, so humble how beautiful it is, like how beautiful your art is, how great your catering service is when people like hire you guys to be there. To, the humility is all the way through and yet so superb. Like he's beat, so Peter's being a little humble. He just did a project at the Smithsonian. Oh, cool. Uh, Why yeah. are you saying it? Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's so it's, cool. It's, it's, Tell them what you did. Tell them what you did. I'm not going to ruin it. Uh, <laughs> so um, the Smithsonian American History Museum reached out to us. Uh, I think this was last year. We, we'd been talking for a while before we actually executed it. And the entire third floor West Wing, they, are, they have a temporary two-year exhibit up right now. And then they're actually going to open it up and do a full exhibit on entertainment history in the United States. Cool. So, you know, they've got the Batmobile in there from the yeah. 1989 Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah. Um, they've got uh, props from The Handmaid's Tale. They've got, a lot of, they've got a lot of great artifacts there. And what they brought back was the actual ruby slippers from Dorothy, yeah. from, Dorothy yeah. from the original Wizard of Oz. And they just reached out to us and said, hey, guys, you know, we'd love to not have just boring gray walls in this entire wing, you know, what can you come up with? So, you know, we designed the whole thing, uh, put it up there, and now anyone can go in there and enjoy which, it. Which museum again? It's the Smithsonian American History Museum. Oh, awesome. Which awesome. is great because third floor, you said? third floor West Wing. And it's cool. great because it's free. 
Uh, anybody can go and see it at any time. It's perfect and like a hot yeah. summer day. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always oh, icy yeah. cold in there. You're like, yeah. woo, good place to cool off. Oh, yeah. Get a little history, see yeah. some amazing artwork. Yeah. <laughs> team, team we work with there was great. Um, I'm just very, I'm very proud of the work our team did there. It's so yeah. beautiful. Thank you. You walk in and it's like you create, like, you, you created a space. It was like, it was like, it was almost a gift wrap for... You yep. walk in and it's, the suburbs become the centerpiece, and then you're in there and you just like you're you become involved in the whole the whole thing of it. You forget there's quotes on the wall, but you forget all of those famous things. And like all of a sudden you're like excited about it again because you're a little kid. I took my uh, I took my girlfriend and her family there when they were visiting from in town, and I hadn't been there in in quite a few months. And it's funny because when we're in the project, I don't even really think because we're just working. Yeah. You, you know, you got these deadlines, you know, you have your timelines, and then once you're out, you're done, and then, you, you know, we send a photographer, and they document, and, we, you know, we post it on Instagram, yeah. and whatever, and we move on to the next project, and then when I went back to take a look at it, you know, I look at it, and I'm like, wow, like, I, I can't believe I did this. <laughs> it's kind of like a weird feeling, you're just like, man, like, you know, and... Um, well, imagine seeing it all put together, too, yeah, because you're and, so concentrated, I yeah, have to just, say this as an artist myself, just so concentrated on what you're doing yeah, at that moment. Yeah, it's always deadlines, and, yeah. you know, clients are breathing down our neck, and, you know, we just got to get it done, and we're out, and then we got to jump onto the next thing. Um, and even, you know, even the murals, like, you know, they were, they came out of necessity. I'm not originally a muralist, you know, neither is Brandon. <clears throat> we're both just, you know, artists, yeah. we, were, we were doing our own stuff, and... You know, that came about because when we were doing the pop-ups, you know, we wanted to put up big graphics and we wanted to create environments that when people walked in, you know, this three-day arts pop-up that was happening in D.C., you know, in 2011, people came in and they saw these huge murals up. And I wanted to give people this experience that wasn't just white wall, you know. We were like, for these crazy three-day pop-ups, put up, you know, an immense amount of work. Right, people take yeah, photos yeah. and yeah. and recognize that, and then it's over, right? And it just seemed like a, a, it seemed ludicrous at the time, right? Brandon and I were like, you know what? Let's just why don't we just put up a mural? Yeah. You know, murals are supposed to be put up and stay there, but we would just be putting up these huge murals inside these buildings, and then again, like at the pop-ups, people would show up and say, hey, like who did these murals? You know, and then we'd start getting hired for a mural here, then a mural there, and the next thing you know. We're doing murals, and then Brian and I just kind of fell in love with it, and you know we've really pivoted That's to awesome. doing That's you know awesome. installation work and then murals for the past I want to say probably the past six, five six years. What was the biggest challenge learning how to paint on such a large scale? Um, how do you do it? Uh, like projector. Uh, yeah, we project. We project. I mean, <clears throat> there was a lot of learning lessons, a lot of learning lessons over the years. Um, a lot of failures. I mean, that's what people don't see. You know, I would, you know, I would even say in our ten years as just no kings, you know, we've really, you know, really been doing well the past like two, three years, right? And well means like I actually can pay my bills on time. You know, <laughs> you know, I still get, I still get mad whenever it's tax season, you yeah. know, etc. But you know, it's. I think the hardest, the hardest part was you know, being able to. You know, when you fall get up, dust yeah. yourself off, and then just keep it going, you know? Yeah. Because there are so many times where, you know, Brand and I could have quit and just look for regular jobs. I mean, we started in 2009, and by 2011, we were so broke. And, you know, I, the story doesn't go out a lot, but Brand and I were essentially homeless 
for about a year and three months. So Brandon was living in our studio and I was couch surfing and we literally had zero dollars in our bank account. I remember scrounging up change in 2000, early 2012 to take a meeting in Bethesda and we didn't have enough money to take the train. So Brandon and I were like, we're just gonna have to hop this thing. You know, then we hopped the rail, we got to this meeting and then, you know, so many times, you know, we'd have to walk to all our meetings because we didn't have mo- t- enough money to take wow. the bus. It was crazy. Like I'm talking like five, six you miles, seven miles. Turn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was bad, you know, like eating, eating cup ramen for like, yeah. you know, one meal a day and just figuring out know, like praying, like calling my mom and dad, just like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? It'd be great to see you guys. You know, just because I know I get a meal out of it. And it was, it was hard. Like, you know, because you love your mother. Yeah, well, yeah, that too, of course. But um, it was hard. Like 2000, 2000, I want to say 2011 from like 2000 to 2013, 14 were like real hard years. Yeah. They were real hard years, you know. We'd get a gig, you know, didn't know what we were doing, didn't know how to price didn't know the materials that well we'd mess it up you know but then from there like we learned how to do it and then you know capabilities grow you add that extra tool you learn that new technique and then you just keep piling that on and then it just kind of gradually builds up and you know here we are it's an awesome story and i really appreciate you sharing that because i think a lot of times people underestimate what it means and and those failures although failures as as you may see them i mean they were what got you where you are and that those are tough years but that's man, really crazy it, tough it also yeah. talks about like your determination which speaks a lot i i don't i actually don't know i talk i talk to brandon about this all the time i look back and i say brandon what what were we thinking like what were we thinking we could have just gotten jobs and been fine why did we choose to be homeless i like the fact that you didn't you know? ask like so i can appreciate the fact you didn't ask your parents for help yeah it was it was hard because you know my dad and I had a tumultuous relationship and, you know, and just to be 100%, you know, honest, uh, it's not like they really had money for us to go back and say, hey, you know, yeah. can, can I borrow some money? Yeah. You know, Brandon and I both come from, you know, low middle class families and, you know, they had, you know, they had their bills. Um, I'm from Elmont. I yeah. understand. From Jamaica, yeah. Queens. Yeah. I got it. And I, I couldn't, I, you know, like, I there just. There was no asking. Yeah, we couldn't. We couldn't, and you know, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, you know, if we, if Brandon and I did ask our parents, you know, like they probably give us some money here and there. You know, not a lot, but you know, here a couple hundred bucks here or a hundred yeah. bucks there, like Makes whatever they mean. could do. I'm sure they would have, but I just, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah. You know, because, you know, on the outside they would look. You know, my mom was looking and be like, oh, my son's like this amazing artist, and you know, it he's just, you know, it would just, it just, it just, it hurt me, it hurt me to even think about asking. Yeah. You know, and, you know, throughout those years so many friends who helped out and supported us and were there just always to to help us out and I'll, you know I'll never forget the people who who helped us out that's you know awesome. that's awesome I mean should I mean I feel like that's your friend right you do yeah. that you do I remember my childhood when I, when I was growing up my next door neighbors and I'll, I'll shout them out mr mr uh, mr Roger West and Ms Donna West they're my neighbors <laughs> I love them to death uh, and I remember Rogers. yeah they, they you know you know, I, I was so broke and I, I went to them and said, hey, I know I have this project coming up. I need to borrow $2,000 so I can like fund it first up front. And they didn't even hesitate. They cut me a check and I'll never forget that. Wow. You know, they just, they said, Peter, you know, we want you to just, you know, and I said, I, I don't know when I can pay you back. I just know I have the work coming in. 
and I just need to prove that I can get it done. They just cut me a check. You know, and as soon as the project was done, I went back to them. Yep. And I cut them a check right back, and I said, thank you so much. I still talk to them to this day. You know, they're retired in Rehoboth. God bless their souls. <laughs> Do you see them? <laughs> yeah, I try to see them as much as possible. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. But people like that, you know, I had another friend, Dave, who cut us a check for 1000 and was just like, hey, I believe in you guys. Just pay me back whenever. You know, there's just so many people who just, you know, in 2012, 2013, that really just, without them, you know, who knows what happened. Yeah. I just think it... It speaks volumes to your uh, integrity, and I'm sure all of that has to come out in your work. And why you probably feel so emotional when you're there. There's emotion. You, when you go see his work, when you see anything that they do, you really do. There's a connection. It's a, it's an it's an unintended. I, I don't. It's when form and function and like art. We talk about the beauty of art. You talk about form and function. When function meets the form and you have the person that puts all that thought and to, be, to like become you know the you know talk about the slippers whatever and you have this the room and now you've enveloped the slippers and the slippers become the the, the the function is to make them pop and now you did it and you're there that's the beauty yeah the art it's that's the beauty of it that but that's what makes art that's how you create the beauty because there's a lot of people that slap canvas together and they say it's beautiful it's yeah. art and it's not because you miss the fundamentals of what art is. You have to have the two to create beauty, and then beauty becomes the art. I yeah, I agree with that 100%. You know, I always say that discourse of art is so important because, you know, sometimes I'll look at something and I'll say to myself, "Hey, I really love this. I really, I think it's very interesting, right?" Mm -hmm. And I talk to the artist and I ask them why they made it, and they say, "Oh, I don't know. Just because I could just do some cool stuff and whatever, right?" Yeah. And then it just kind of, then I kind of lose interest, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't mean anything. Right, but then it's, yeah, it's just flat, right? <clears throat> but then sometimes I'll look at some art, and it doesn't make any sense to me. And I just look at it, and I'm like, what is this? It's it's weird. It's abstract, or whatever it may be. And then I get a chance to talk to the artist, and when they tell the story behind it, I look at it and I go, oh my god, that is amazing. It's so deep, or you know. And not everyone gets to hear that story, yeah. so everyone forms their opinions, you know. And I always tell people, you know, and that's why art is so subjective. Because yeah. you may love yeah, it, you may hate it. The story of why it was created may change it. So I never look at anything and say, there's good art or bad art. Everything is just kind of art, right? I just look at everything and say, you know what? I don't personally like this or I don't like those colors or whatever, you know, because it's my opinion. Yep. And, you know, and anybody else can have their opinion about art. Um, and that's the beauty of it. Yep. I always say art makes you feel. Yeah. And, and it may be that distaste. It may be love. It may be any anything. I mean, it, the fact that you yourself have an emotion, uh, a reaction to something that is hanging on the wall, painted on the wall, painted on the ground, whatever it may be, the sculpture, it, I think that in itself is the art. Yeah, it should make you think. It should make you feel. Yeah, and it could know? be negative. Yeah. It could absolutely be yeah. negative. But that's but. the thing, you know, like jewelry. Jewelry is art, right? Mm -hmm. Clothing, jewelry. fashion is art. You know, you look at a dress I or really you look at some shoes. Kind of art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? You know, you look at something and you go, you know, you look at a car, mm -hmm. like a Porsche, and go, oh my God, I love that. You like the way it looks. Mm -hmm. You know, it's because someone spent hundreds of hours yeah. thinking about why it should look like that. You know, that's initially went to what I went to school for designing Porsches. Um, industrial design. I wanted to. I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to go into automotive design specifically. Really? Mm -hmm. That's yep. interesting. Yep. That's and awesome. I, I really wanted to do interiors mm -hmm. of cars. Wow. 
and it, you get really, really, because women make a lot of money doing that because there's so few women, especially when I was in college, which mm-hmm. was like a billion years ago. Um, but yeah, I don't draw well enough for it. Yeah. I found out the Man. really hard way. I took a first year of my, uh, of my, uh, of, of school. That's when I learned that I was not going to be that. I wasn't going to be the next Sid Mead. I just wasn't. If I was, okay. If I was going to do industrial art design, I would do um, blenders. Yeah, I, handbags. Because blenders are terrible. They're terrible. You know they're all guys. They're so you ugly. Can't clean them either. You can't clean them. Yeah. Terrible. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I, I have another. I have another question. Okay. So, curating larger shows, right? Mm-hmm. So I, you, you guys just did this amazing um, installation, of a, a collective of different artists, umbrella. How do you come up with? How did you know you wanted to, to do a spray? I mean, it was paint. I, what was it? Paint the blue what kitchen. Oh, the blue. Yeah, it was just paint. How did you just do that? Did you just do it because you just did it to be provocative, or did you do it because you really had a point? Like, what was the point? No, so there, Gina's, Gina's talking about this kitchen. There was, like, a small kitchenette fixture. Yeah. And... I mean, I love these. I love old things like that, so... Yeah, it was, like, an old, you know, kitchenette and an old coffee maker where and a was sink. This? this is on... I've seen the photo, but I... Yeah, this, so it was... Um, so it used to be the former Martha's Table Space. Mm. They're a nonprofit. Yeah. That also got... That moved. Um... And the building is about to get demolished for development. And there were, you know, they asked us to take over the whole space and do an activation there. So, you know, once a year now, we try to get together and band a whole group of artists together and say, hey, let's just take over a space and do something awesome. And, you know, and for us, it was just more about picking peers that we thought were really killing it in D.C. and really making, you know, big waves in art in the city. But then also, like, giving opportunities to new artists that have never had a chance to show, right? So it's like, it's twofold for us. Um, and then there was this kitchen area. That was there? Yeah, it was there. Oh. Yeah, that was there. So in that oh. space. Oh, okay. I thought you put that inside. No. You, oh. No. So there was a kitchen in Martha's Table where they used to feed, where they used to cook and feed homeless people. And it had just women, been there for. Women's shelter. Yeah, women's shelter. I mean, there was a school. Yeah. There was oh. an office building, a, a thrift store. It was an amazing organization. They also. Yeah have expanded to multiple them. locations. Yeah. 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 So, you know, they uh, they gave us a space and I saw this place and, you know, I'd been there for 40 years. It's like, you know, tan, yeah. yellow ceiling yeah. and tan walls. And, you know, it just looked disgusting. So we said to ourselves, you know, what can we do to make this place look, spruce it up? And, you know, my business partner Brandon was like, let's just paint the entire thing turquoise, teal, you know? <laughs> So we just, we just, yeah, Tiffany blue, we just blasted the entire kitchen, you know, floor to ceiling. And when people walked in, they were like, what the hell, where the (laughs) hell am I? And we turned that into the bar and it just be, you know, it's a simple thing. Um, It was really just for us to get rid of an eyesore. Uh, Not that much thought was put into it. Unfortunately, we just needed to make the place look kind of cohesive. So when people refer to it, like, Hey, are you going to the teal kitchen? Are you going to the teal bar? Yeah. You know, we just needed a place where people knew where to get to. Because no. the place was like a maze, and it, you know, it was just we needed to create landmarks where people could go. No, there's your form and function. Yeah. I did not know that's what it was. I'm like, yeah. why did you do this? Yeah. That's hilarious. It. It's awesome. Yeah. That was amazing. So what's what's coming up? What's what what can we look forward to? Uh, we are doing a mural at the National Stadium, so it's a partnership with the Nationals, oh, which wow. is really cool. Um, permanent or permanent? Nice. Permanent, which is gonna be crazy. Um, what else do we have in the pipeline? I'm sure they want you to do it all in five minutes. Yeah. No, we, we've been going back and forth. They've been great to work with. Uh, we're working with 
uh, Louisville Slugger, so also baseball related. They're doing the All-Star Game in Cleveland this year. So Fender and cool. Louisville Slugger teamed up. So we're actually doing the uh, Nationals team guitar. representation for a guitar and a baseball bat. So that'll be fun. Oh, wow. Um, they get auctioned off for charity. Yeah. Or they get, yeah. I lied, they get presented to the players and the player has a choice to keep or to, to yeah. auction for charity. I think it's actually going in a museum this time. So I don't know exactly that's where, amazing. but oh, I'm going to get details. so cool. Um, I don't know. Just a bunch of other... Do you have the guitar ready? No, not yet. They haven't sent it yet. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. But I just Do you a play bunch the guitar? of Ah, uh, I try. I feel like I feel like I, I feel like so much more to you. I feel like I feel like I don't know anything about you anymore. So my dad my dad plays actually plays really good guitar. Oh, uh, wow. and my mom plays piano. So I grew up playing piano and guitar. Wow. But uh, you know, I hate the piano because, you know, in the summertime my mom just you know, the ruler, if I miss something, she'd hit me. And I would just be like, you know, I'm missing the keys because you're bruising my knuckles. You know? Yeah. But it's just, you know, Asian tiger mom. Tough mom. Yeah. yeah. So, mom. you know, sometimes once in a while, if I'm in like, you know, the mall during the winter season and I'm in a Nordstrom or something and there's a grand piano there, then I'll rock out for like 15 minutes and then I'll leave. That's my once a year kind really? of Really? Yeah, Hilarious. That's, it. that's you know, awesome. I'll play some Mozart or, you know, Beethoven and then everyone stares and they're like, oh, like, do you work here? I'm like, no. I'm just. <laughs> I'm here. To Just a for, piano playing yeah, asshole. Yeah. Buying the t-shirt. Yeah. Piano playing yeah. <laughs> um, And I dabble here and there with a the guitar. It's just been many, many years since I played guitar. So. That's know. so cool. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just a ton of other projects, but you know, those are probably the ones that come to mind now that That's I'm really awesome. excited about. Yeah. I'm sure you have a whole bunch of secret stuff that you're not telling us. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm gonna paint this plane. Yeah. Something. Something in Dallas. Something in Nashville. You know, ah. something in San Antonio, something in Miami. It's just a lot of stuff. Wow, look at that. Yeah. I know, I love it. I yeah. knew I knew it wasn't gonna be just one thing. Yeah. All, right. all right, so I've I have my, my I have one more question. Okay. One more question. Okay. You can ask all the questions you want. Okay, we're, but we're hanging out. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do a little housekeeping. Um so of course you're gonna wanna see um Peter's work, um, No Kings Collective. So you're gonna head over where they're gonna go, Gina? To Designated Drinker Dodd Show. Where is that? Designated Drinker Dodd Show. And what are you gonna do? You're going to download, listen, and something else. But, but no, they're going to find all your recipes. Oh, you're going to find all my recipes. And then download how to. Then we're going to ask for your support. God, Louise, your teeth get fucking fixed already. I know, Jesus I know. Jesus Christ. All right, I'll do it again. You ready? You are going to get all the tips, tricks, everything I did for cocktails. You'll learn more about where, what Peter's doing, how to follow him on Instagram. And if you don't know what Instagram is, you really shouldn't be listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so download, tell us, review, do all those things. Yes, yeah, right? because we need your support. Yes, we need your show. support. And so you... Uh, and Peter us. wants to go to Australia. Yeah. And, and we're going to go... Or wherever, you, or wherever you we're are. We're going to do that. We're going to do a pop-up podcast while he puts up our... Yeah, and I'm going to bring Gina and Luis with me, and then we're going we're gonna to turn it into a party. Absolutely. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. Can I ask my question now? Yes, okay. you can. So if you had one ingredient, one spirit ingredient to define you, what is it? Like the actual spirit or the ingredient? No, an ingredient. A spirit... So instead of a spirit animal, a spirit ingredient. Spirit ingredient. Hmm... So no unicorn. No unicorn. Spirit ingredient. You can't eat a unicorn. It's not real. You know, I don't know. It's really hard because you know I like spicy food, so it'd probably have to be some type of pepper, some type of spirit pepper, because I like all my food, everything to be spicy, all my drinks, you know, all my sauces, everything, everything spicy to the max. 
I like that. Yeah. What pepper would that be? Ghost pepper. Mm. There you go. That's hot. That's like yeah, good. but you know, ghost pepper, like a ghost pepper is hot for no reason. How it's just habanero? hot, right? I, like habanero, habanero is very flavorful. Yeah. Right? Jalapenos are very okay. flavorful. Yeah, scotch bonnets. Um, so scotch bonnets are delicious. Scotch bonnets. Uh, yeah. You know, Thai chilies are really flavorful depending on when you get them. Cashmere yeah. chilies. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like, you know, I really like flavorful chilies that also. One chili. That's it. One chili. Mm. One chili. Last chili of lifetime. <laughs> Go. I mean, I'm Korean, so I would have to say, you know, whatever red chili that they're using for their chili flakes and kimchi and all the other. There you, go. you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So. There you go. Done. All right. Done. Cheers. On that right. note. Cheers. Thank you. Another cocktail. I know. We need to get another yeah. cocktail. Thank you so yeah, much, guys. This is awesome. All right. Thank you.